Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. This morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Psalm 119. 119, and I'm just going to read one verse. It's a extremely popular verse, okay? And I've brought lessons on this verse as far as teaching lessons. And this morning, I want to uh, give you a an encouragement lesson from this. Uh, it's Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 119, 105. Um, uh, you know, there are some verses in the Bible where some are hardly preached on at all, and then there are some that. You'll find hundreds of messages on, and this is this is one of them. At least I've been able to find hundreds of messages on this verse. I, I've also found that each message has something different in it, and so I hope this morning that you'll find that in this verse. Uh, it's a common verse, but it's good to return to those common verses and to look at them, even though you might have it memorized and you might have had lessons on it or read, read books on it. Uh, we can find a lot of truth here, either it's reminded of things or even find something new that we didn't think about. So this morning in one hundred and Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. I'm going to read again. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Let's have a word of prayer this morning. Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for the blessings that you have given to us. And I pray as we go forward that you'll work in our hearts, uh, open up our eyes to your word in our hearts so we can... So we can be taught today, Lord, and we can find something that we can be challenged by and, if need be, convicted. Uh, ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, this morning, I guess uh, the way to start this, I want to talk about the greatest book known to mankind, and that's the Bible. Uh, the Bible, is, uh, I believe, is God's Word. And so today, I hope to not so much prove that it's God's Word, but to take it and encourage you, challenge you to, uh, if you're reading it, to continue reading it. Uh, If you're not actively reading the Bible or have slipped in your Bible reading, well, hopefully I encourage you to get back into that. Uh, As far as reading the Bible, that's one of those, um, I guess, things in my life that I always find I can do more of. I always feel like, well, I can spend a little bit more time in God's Word, or I can study a little more here and there. And so I think it's something that's good for us to be reminded of. As far as the the Bible itself, uh, you know, this is a book that many have, many people have desired through the years. And many have died for as well. Uh, it's an important book. As far as the Bible, uh, it's the book that William Tyndale believed belonged in the hands of all men. Now, that was what he believed. He believed it belonged in the hands of everybody. And he died making that a reality. He gave his life to that work and ended up dying for that. It's also the book that John Bunyan, you know, he, he wrote Pilgrim's Progress, but uh, that was... Uh, due to this book here. And it's the book that he clung to as he lived in a dungeon that he called the palace. But he lived in a dungeon away from his family. And this is the book he held on to and he clung to. Uh, It's the book that Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield preached in England and then came across to America and ignited our nation in what's called the Great Awakening. It's the Bible that they preach. It's God's Word. And that's what people responded to. Uh, It's also the book that David Livingstone, the missionary, explored Africa. It's the one book that he held on to as he went through the country. Having started with 74 books, one of them was the Bible, uh, as he went through the country, he discarded. You know, as he's traveling, everything got heavier. 
And he discarded all the other books, but he held on to his Bible. Folks, this is an important book. And I hope this morning to show you not only the, the importance, but to challenge you to, to read it and study it for yourself. It's done more uh, for people than any other book in this world. Uh, and unfortunately, it's a book that's often uh, ignored, set aside, uh, and not read. But it's powerful, and it's yours. If you've got the Bible, you have God's Word in your hands, and it can be a blessing to you. So let's consider the importance of God's Word. I'm going to just look at right here. We're going to see, as far as the, the passage, it kind of puts it out there for us. The, thy Word is a lamp unto thy feet, my feet, and a light unto my path. So uh, first off, we're going to talk about the lamp. Okay, God's Word is powerful because uh, it's a lamp, is what the Bible tells us here. Now, as far as a lamp, uh, a lamp provides protection. Now, we've got to go back a little bit as far as this here is concerned, because uh, we'll talk about the work of a lamp. Uh, how they traveled back then. Now, they didn't have cars with headlights, although I guess we could get the same picture. You know, uh, you're driving at night, it's nice to have lights on your car. And if you have them on, you should turn, have lights on your car, make sure they're on uh, when you're driving, and you can see a lot better and travel a lot better than you could if they are not on. But what we have back then is they traveled, they would use a lamp, and the lamp would shine the light out in front as they traveled. So let's think about that for a moment and get a picture of this. You have a, let's say, a person. You can imagine the type of person in your mind that you want to, walking down a trail late at night. Maybe they have to go visit a friend, or they got to go uh, get something, and there are no street lights to guide the way. All right, there are no street lights like we have today, and you know, for those who live in the city, uh, you know, we have lights on all the time unless power goes out. I, I can't believe how dark everything looks once we lose the power, and you look outside like, wow, it's dark out there. Uh, for those who live in the country, maybe it's not as big a deal, but when you live in the city, you have all these lights on at night, and and we have in our in our passage here, let's get a picture of a person who's going down a trail without any street lights to guide the way. And so the lamp was used as a guide to shine as they walked. And the purpose for this was so that way they could avoid any trouble. I'll give you a few things of trouble that they could avoid. Uh, how about rocks or anything you can run into? Uh, you don't want to run into something, especially in the darkness. Uh, you can stub your toe or even break something if you're not careful. Uh, I know when power goes out at a house, uh, at least uh, in my mind, I, I start thinking, well, where's everything at? So I can move and not hurt myself. Now, today, granted, it's, it's, uh, we all have phones in our pockets most of the time, so it's not as big a deal as it used to be. But when you lose power and you're in darkness and you're moving around, you've got to be careful of solid objects. Uh, how about holes in the ground? You don't want to step into a hole because you don't know what's there. Uh, that, those are just what we find obstacles that lamps help avoid. How about predators or dangerous predators, the way I'll put it? Uh, you don't want to step on a snake in the middle of the night if you're walking around. That's what a lamp will help you do. Make sure that where you're going is safe. Uh, also, you don't want to run into a pack of any kind of wild animals. You want to avoid any issues, and the light will help you do that. That's why they carried the lamp. Uh, it was to protect themselves, as help protect from trouble. Now, let's uh, make this practical here this morning. That's what I want to do is uh, the Word of God, it says here, let's go back to our passage, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. So David says, your word, God, your word. Now, he didn't have the New Testament, but what he had, he said, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Now, that's a, an interesting statement. He's basically saying, God, your word will protect me. As I go through this world. It's your word that I can shine on everything to make sure that I'm safe. 
Now, it's your word that I can shine on to make sure that I don't stumble and fall. To make sure I don't come into some areas that I don't want to be. It's your word that will protect me. Now, when you start to think about God's word, that's what it does. It protects us if, if you know it or use it. Now, what good is a lamp if you don't... Well, first you've got to have it on or put a, a lamp, you know, light the fire. And then second, you've got to actually pick it up and carry it and use it. It's the same with a Bible. A Bible is made to be read or given to be read it was given for us to apply now if we don't read it or apply it then the teachings are there they're true and the power is there but it's not powerful to us no effect in our life Uh, that's why I want to encourage this morning read your Bible every single day Uh, when you start your morning or when you start your day read the word of God and pray before you read ask God to open up your eyes to his words so you'll see something You'll find something there that He has just for you that morning. And I believe God will give it to you. Uh, God will give it to you even if you just only have time to read a chapter. He'll give you something in there that you can find, that you can learn that day. And often it's something that you need or something that is very practical for the moment that you're going through, the trials maybe or troubles. So ask God to give you something and then read the Word of God. And then if you get opportunity throughout the day, go back to God's Word and read and reread. Uh, And the more you read it, the more encouraged you'll be. You see, the Word of God is something that not only uh, can you read as far as sitting down. uh, Perhaps you can read it sitting at a table. Uh, You can read it and study it. But, you know, it's something you can also read throughout the day. You have a moment in your day where you're waiting on something or someone. Well, you can open up the Bible and read it. Now, especially our day and age. How many of you have the Bible on your phone? Or at least a, a digital copy on your phone? Some of you do. You know, anywhere you are, if you've got your phone, you're waiting, you can open it up and read a passage. Read some, read some psalms throughout the day. You can be encouraged if you're having a difficult time. You see, the Word of God can strengthen you as you go through the day and provide a, a lamp out in front of you. Now, as far as the Word of God, uh, as far as being a lamp and protection, you know, there are, there are numerous sins in this world uh, that can cause us to stumble and fall. Turn with, me, turn with me, if you would, over to the book of Romans, chapter 13. Let me show you here what Paul had to say. And this is Romans, chapter 13. And I just want to show you a few things of what we find here. It says, verse 7. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Now the reason I wanted to read this, and if you'll keep going, for this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill. Notice what he's doing here. He's giving practical advice on life. And he's even referring back to the Ten Commandments to do it. You know, if we follow this, That'll help us in life. And it'll help us in our decision making. It'll help us in our relationships. It'll help us at work. It'll help us at home. Help us in our church. You see, reading the Bible and applying what's there is what I'll call powerful. It'll bring power into your life. And in this case, it'll protect you from the sins. Sometimes we make mistakes, we'll call them out of ignorance. Now, there's still sin. But maybe you didn't know it was sin. You just didn't know. Well, once you know, then you can make a right decision. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't do that. Or I should do this. 
and that's part of reading the scriptures. Let us know. Uh, the example I gave, is, or the example I'll give is, you know, you have a lamp. We talked about predators that could be out there. I'll use snakes because I don't like snakes. I'm just not big on them. I try to avoid them. Even when I see them in zoos, if they're in behind glass, I still step back a little bit, especially if they're up close. Uh, I don't care for snakes too much. And if uh, you're out walking, you don't want to step on a snake, and let's say you do. Now, if you did it in ignorance, guess what? That snake's not going to care whether you did it in ignorance or on purpose. It's still going to react, and hopefully uh, it won't strike you, but it might. You see, that's the same with any sin. Even if you do it in ignorance, you're still going to have to reap the results or, or the consequences of that sin. So it's best to read the Scriptures and know what's right and wrong. So we don't make those mistakes, even by accident. So we know, hey, i got to be living like this or not like this. And, and that's what we find in the Scriptures. Uh, you know, the Bible also tells us that the devil is vicious. Uh, he's a, as a roaring lion, First Peter 5 says. So we have a, an enemy that's out there trying to cause us to stumble. And so we need a lamp to protect us from his desires and wicked devices as we go through this world. And that's what, what the Bible will do. Now let me give you a, a way that we can make this practical. Another way of how you can make this practical this morning you know, uh, if you have a lamp, you're going to shine it out in front of you as you walk, right? At least that's the whole concept of a lamp, is they shine it out in front and they walk. Take your Bible. Now, you don't have to do it literally. But how about you take your Bible and shine it on every movie you decide to watch? Every song you decide to listen to? Everywhere you decide to go, what you decide to do? You see, that's where it becomes practical. When you begin taking the Word of God and you begin applying it, saying, Oh, okay, let me see. Should I be doing this or should I be going here? And then you say, Hey, there's nothing wrong with it. I can go, I'm fine. Or you say, You know, I, I, Holy Spirit may work and say, You know, that's not for you. And then you say, Okay, based upon God's Word, hey, I don't need to be doing this. Or I don't need to be here. Or I don't need to be acting in this manner. Whatever the case may be, you see, you live by God's Word. It's a lamp. It helps you make decisions as, and give you direction as you move forward in life. So that's what we have here as far as being a lamp. And we, we're to live one day at a time and one step at a time. That's one of the things that's interesting about the lamps, uh, you know, as far as the, I'll say, the progress. They traveled a lot slower back then than we do now. Uh, I usually don't think that's good, but maybe it is. You know, now you can go, what is it, 70, 75 miles per hour, depending on what state you're in on the highway. And uh, you can get going pretty fast. Well, they didn't travel that fast back then. That lamp was there one step at a time. As they stepped, they looked. Well, that's how life is, too. One day at a time. We can break it down even further. One hour at a time. One minute at a time, one second. It's just one moment at a time that we live. And we have to make the right decisions based upon what we know as we go through our day. That's what the Word of God's there for. It's to help you get through your day. Help to get you through from whether you start at 6 in the morning or even 5 in the morning or even later, 9 in the morning, to when you finish at work. It'll help you get through your day. So you can deal with people the correct way. You can make right decisions. And then in the evenings with your family, It'll help you get through the day, help you do the right things. That's what the Word of God's there for, to be a lamp, one day at a time, one moment at a time. Now let's look next at the what I'll call the provision. That provides protection, but provision, uh, it says here, verse 105, the Word is a lamp unto my feet, and then it says, a light 
under my path. Now this is different here than the, than the lamp. The lamp shown out in front. Uh, the light was more of something that was, uh, I guess you would say, in the house, which allowed you to see in darkness uh, in your immediate area right around you. So here we have a light unto my path. Uh, I call it a provision because it provides light on a general basis, just right there. Uh, not necessarily moving forward, but just light in general as you live. So here's some thoughts here. A light allows us to see, right? That's what light does. I'm grateful that we've been able to harness electricity. That's the way I'll put it. It, it. You know, I take light for granted sometimes. Because I can walk into a room and just flip a switch, and it's on. Most of the time, I don't think about it. I don't know about you, but I don't think about light coming out. Unless there's a problem. Unless they don't come on, then I, then I start thinking about it. But I just take it for granted that when I walk in that room, I flip the switch, they're going to come on. And nowadays with technology, in some rooms, you don't even have to flip a switch. They just The sensor goes off. You just walk in, the light goes on. And we can just take it for granted that we have light. But that's not always been the case as far as not only mankind and history. We find that up until, I guess, recently, when we harnessed electricity and been able to use lights, up until then, people had used candles within their homes. During the daytime, of course, they open up the windows, but at night, by candlelight, they would light the candle. They'd turn it on. And there they would have it. Now, they had all different types and kinds, uh, but they had the light there, and that light would allow them to see whether they wanted to work, whether they wanted to write something, whether they wanted just to relax. It, it was just a light so that they could see in their area. You know what light does? Light shines in darkness is basically what light does. It's just pretty basic. It shines in darkness. And it will overcome darkness. And the Bible tells us that the light here, it says, a light unto my path. You know, the, the Bible provides a light in this world of sin. That's where I want to go. That's the direction I'll take it this morning. The Bible talks about sin as being darkness. First John 1 tells us that God is light. He's, he's pure. And in Him is no Darkness at all. There's no sin in God. But there's sin in this world, and that's darkness. And so the light of God has shone in this world, and that provides the light that we have, the spiritual light that we have in this world. And God's Word is a light. It's, it's what I'll call a first a, a general light. What I mean by that is, you know, you can go to the Bible and find out everything about God that God wants us to know. And that's the way I'll put it. You know, we can speculate about God. That's what a lot of people do. But if God didn't tell us, He doesn't want us to know that. But everything that we need to know about God, He's given it to us right here. And it's a general light. It tells us about who He is. It tells us He's the Creator. It tells us that He's eternal, literally. Beginning, no beginning, and no end. Don't think on that too hard. Our minds can't handle that, to be honest with you. No beginning and no end. I remember when I was younger, I did a few times, so I really tried to think about that. And I got nowhere with it, okay? That's because God is incredible. No beginning and no end. He's God. Always has been, always will be. Christ is the same. And what we find in the Scriptures is it tells us who God is. And then it tells us where we came from. That we came from God. He created us. Now, He didn't create, or it's this way, there wasn't a, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something there, and then evolution, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, mankind just showed up. Uh, folks, I don't believe in that. I believe that God has created us and made us. Now, I do believe in science. I believe in real science. And I do believe that when you put science and the Bible together, that they, they fit. What we find is 
God is the creator. God has made all things. And God has put this together and here we are today. God has made you. He's your creator. And so as far as the light, God, we find that in the scriptures. We find who God is. And it it gives what I would call us a a spiritual light so we could know about God and know about ourselves. And then, of course, know about sin. Uh, You know, if you want to know why there's problems in this world, just go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and you'll find out. It's because Adam sinned, Eve sinned too, and so sin entered into the world. That's why we have all these problems. That's why we have wars. That's why we have fighting. That's why we have all sorts of courtroom cases and courts are packed all the time. People don't keep their word. It's just sin. And that's why the world is filled with sin because man has sinned. And the Bible tells us that. We, we, we get that picture in the Bible. And that even tells us what I'll call the course of this world. Not all the details of it, but it tells us how God's working. He created it. Mankind fell into sin. And then God has determined to redeem sinners. That's why he sent Jesus Christ, so we could be saved. Praise God for that. And I'm glad we find that in the scriptures. That we have a a Savior. And that we have salvation in Jesus Christ. This morning, uh, if you're not saved, that's uh, something that can be taken care of. I would repent and believe. In other words, understand that you're a sinner. You sinned against God. And repent of your sin and receive Christ as your Savior in your heart. And once you receive Him into your heart, you'll be saved. The Bible teaches you're saved and you belong to God. But just make sure you're saved here this morning uh, and that you're right with the Lord because we find the Scriptures teach that Christ was sent. Uh, of course, He died on the on the cross, went to the grave arose in three days and and today he's at the right hand of the father he's in heaven but he's going to return that's a promise the bible's given to us we find that he's going to return and when he returns for his second coming then uh, he's going to return establish his kingdom and we find uh, the teachings in the revelation how god's going to wrap all things up Uh, i'll tell you the more i look around the world today the more i see the end coming now, I'm not uh, one of those doomsday preachers. I don't believe in setting dates, obviously. That's in God's hands. But I can tell you this, we're closer today than we were yesterday to the end. And we are going that direction. And some of the things that we see playing out in the world, uh, let me just give you a few thoughts, uh, not go too far this direction this morning. Uh, but the Bible does teach there's going to be a one-world government. Uh, a lot of leaders are trying to push for that right now. Uh, you know, it's been said over the past, uh, I, I would say... 100 years of things I've been reading that the, one of the countries that's really, really, really been in the way of that has been the United States of America. And why is that? Because of our freedoms and our democracy. What if that changes? We'll just join the rest. And that can happen. Folks, we see some who want to take it that direction. And so what's happening is we see a picture of how things may play out. Well, you know, another one is how about all the technology that's taking place in our, our country today and, and just in the world? You know, when you read through the Revelation, uh, some of those things are, that were once a mystery, you can now say, ah, I could see that happening. The mark of the beast was once a mystery. How in the world is that going to happen? There's no way that people could... You know, have something put on, in their hand. You know, for a long, a long time they thought it was going to be a stamp on their hand or their, in their forehead and say, oh, that, that couldn't happen. There's no way that the world could keep food from somebody or monitor everyone in this world. That can happen. In 2021, I tell you what, microchips, they can implant things. But not only that, I think we're starting to see, and a lot of leaders are starting to see, that they have control, and they can control 
a lot more with the technology we have. For example, how about this vaccine? Now, I'm not going to argue whether it's good or bad. Okay, I'm not even going to get into that. That's doctors and that's your own opinion. But I do believe that when you can begin telling people that you're not going to be able to work or you can't have food and you can't buy something if you don't do this, as the government says, I think that's control. That's power. And you know what that is? I'm not saying this vaccine's the, you know, the mark of the beast. I know some have said that. I, I don't necessarily believe that. But it could be laying the groundwork for what's to be next. Because the Bible does teach that's what's going to happen in the end days. What's going to happen is the Antichrist and the one world government is going to control the world. And they're going to have control over people. See, they're going to go against what God has determined. God has determined we should be a free people. People have freedoms. This is something God's given to us. Now, through the years, of course, the others have tried to, to take that away through slavery and other things. And governments have tried to control. So this morning, that's the point I want to make as far as the message. The Bible tells us these things are going to happen. So I encourage you to read the Revelation. You begin to see things that God says, hey, this is going to take place. And there are going to be times you might read something and not understand it. Uh, I, believe me, I read the Revelation. I have more questions each time I read it. But what you do understand... Thank God for. And if you don't understand it, say, well, it's not time yet for me to understand. I'll read it again later. Maybe God will open up my eyes to it. And just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. You see, God's given us His His Word. And there's so much there. And we begin to see how God is working. So as far as His Word being a light, it tells us, it shines a light on the course of mankind, of the, of the world today that we can see. Uh, and uh, I guess before I move on, I have to end it with this. You know, God's victorious in the end, all right? God is victorious. We know how it's going to end. God is victorious. The world, the devil can do all he wants and the Lord's permitting. But in the end, God is victorious. Praise God for that. And we see that. And that's the encouragement we have. So that's the provision, a light. Uh, and, and that's general. I kind of went further on that than I planned. So let me get back to the light here. You know, the Bible will provide what I'll call a direct light in your life too. And a direct light, I mean, it can shine on... on just life in general. How about all your relationships? How are you to live? The Bible gives direction on that. I encourage you to read it and find what it says. How we're to act amongst people, whether it's family or whether it's at work. You know, the book of Proverbs, probably one of the best, I think, best books on, on just practical living uh, for work, for business. You find all sorts of, of teachings in there on how to behave and how to, to do things. And, and so we find that it shines a, a light on how we're to live life and how we're to act. And it also shines a direct light just on how we're to, to go forward with God. And we find that in scriptures as well. So here's some thoughts here on the light, uh, being a light. I encourage you just to test. I mentioned before on, on taking the Bible and applying it. But just make sure you test everything with God's Word. Just make, a, make this be your standard. Uh, you know, it all depends on the standard you choose. Uh, for example, you know, uh, you have a ruler or a tape measure and you're going to build something. If you got an accurate one, you're going to be okay. But let's say uh, you got, I've seen, I don't know if you've ever seen those, I've seen prank ones where they look real, but they've actually been cut down a little bit. 
The first one I ever saw was when I, when I was in college and I worked on a construction site. I was the gopher is what I was. I, I, I just ran around. They said, go get this and get that. Well, that's the first time I ever saw one. Guys were joking around about it one day. They, had, they didn't play it on me. Uh, they played it on another uh, co-worker. And before they, he actually got cutting into some stuff, it was a building homes, uh, they, kinda, they, they stopped him before he made a mistake. But they had, he grabbed one of theirs. They had replaced his. And actually, when it came down to it, about if he did 10 feet, you'd probably get close to half foot off, is what you would. Cause it, but it looks real. If you're going real quick and you can't see it. See, the standards that you measure yourself by is important. Uh, if you measure your life by someone in the world, then you may be able to justify sin or other things. But when your life is tested by God's Word, that's the standard that you want to reach to. In other words, this is where we know, hey, this is right and wrong. This is what God has said, not what someone believes, but this is what I need to be living by. And so I just encourage you to test your life by the Word of God, everything that you do. Uh, you know, the Bible really will be a blessing to you if you do it in that, in that manner. Uh, and finally, here's my last thought here. Uh, I do believe the Bible is profitable. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3. I'll just read this, uh, and then we'll give a few thoughts and, and wrap it up here on this last point. But Second Timothy chapter 3. And verses 16 and 17 is what I'll read here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And the Bible there says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, there's some profit there. It's it's, it's profitable to read the Bible. You know, and for the most part, I think, uh, when you talk about profit, that's something that we all, we all want. You know, we, we want to... What I mean by profit, you know, of course, when you talk about financially, uh, nobody wants to invest in something that they know is going to fail. Uh, right? Uh, you want to invest in something that you believe is going to succeed. Whether it's a, a business or a corporation. Or how about this? How about even your time? You don't want to waste your time. Uh, you know, your time is valuable. You want to make sure that you're investing your time, spending your time where you want to spend it. And so when it comes to the Bible, it's profitable to study the Scriptures. That's what I want to kind of conclude here. You know, it goes back to, to, to our, our original passage here. That word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. There's the prophet right there that we see. There's direction. There's guidance. Allows us to make right decisions. Keeps us from making mistakes. Keeps us out of trouble, perhaps. You see, what we find is that's the profit of the Bible. It's profitable because it provides the instruction for us to live today. Uh, as far as light, you know, light offers an advantage. That's what it does. That's what light does. It offers an, an advantage. Uh, let me give you an illustration on how this can be an advantage. Let's say that you were, uh, just for fun, we'll just say you decide you're going to have a race. I don't know if anyone here still races, but you're going to have a race uh, with someone through a, we'll call it a darkened warehouse. All the lights are out. Uh, warehouse is dark. You have no idea where anything is. They say, okay, here's the race. Two of you. You have to get to from this door to the other side of the warehouse. There's a door over there. Uh, first one there wins. All the lights are turned off and there's nothing. Now let's say the person you're racing against kind of smiles and pulls out of their pocket a flashlight. I'd definitely say that's an advantage, wouldn't you? The light would give them advantage. 
they'd be able to see where they're going. Even if it's just a little bit of a light, they'd be able to see where they're going. You know, today, uh, even those lights, have you ever seen those pens? Nowadays, you'll have a pen with a little bit of a light at the end, a little LED light on it. Just flipping those on in in a completely darkened room, you can, even if you have to get close up to something, you can still see what's there. It's an advantage to have light. And so that's the profit there. There's an advantage to light. You know, generally speaking, I think this comment is true, the more the light, the better, generally speaking. Now, obviously you can have too much light and blind yourself, but as far as generally speaking, the more the light, the better. We want to make sure that we have enough light to see by. Let me give you a few places I think it's good to have light. I think it's good to have light at a doctor's office, don't you? How about a, if you're going into surgery, I'd hope there'd be some good light in there. If I walked in or if I had to have surgery and they wheeled me in and, the, and there was hardly any light and the doctor said, well, we'll go ahead and go forward anyway, I'd begin to wonder a little bit. You see, in some places we want to have good light so we can see. You know, people that do research in certain areas, they want to have light. They'll be able to see something. You know, speaking of the Bible, light right here. It's good light so we can see more. You know, it's no accident that the information and technology boom took off when electricity was harnessed. That wasn't by accident. Once we harnessed electricity, as far as mankind, technology boomed after that. Why is that? One, we could get more done in a 24-hour period. See, once electricity was harnessed, then what ended up happening is, you know, I, I don't know if they planned this or if it just happened. It probably just happened. But once we really got an understanding of it and were able to put it in buildings, then it went from just working one shift a day to two or even three shifts overnight. Because, uh, you know, before you couldn't work in a darkened warehouse very well or a darkened building. But then you can flip a switch and lights come on, then you can do work out there. So what it enabled mankind to do was to get more done in a 24-hour period. And then it enabled more to be, when you get more done, you can discover more, obviously. And then that's what information took off, I mean, as far as mankind. Now today, we're at a point where, whew, I can ask you a question and if I let you have your phone, you can answer it in just about a minute, or not even a minute, probably in 10, 15 seconds if I let you have your phone and just type it in and you got it. The answer to the question, even if you didn't know it, you could find it quickly. You see, all that really has been a benefit from light in this world as far as physical light. Now let me make this uh, spiritual now and bring it back to the Bible as we finish this last point here. You know, the, the more you know the Bible, the better off you are in this world. This is the way it is. The more you know of God's Word, the better off you are. And not so you can impress someone with your knowledge. That's not the point. So that you can live for God and you glorify Him. And that's why I want to encourage you to, to really dedicate yourself to reading the Bible. If you're already reading it, just be faithful. Continue reading it. Let this be an encouragement to you that you're, you're already doing what God wants you to do and you're, you're growing. But if for some reason you're, you're not reading the Bible, whether you have neglected it or, or if you were reading it one time and you just got busy and it's kind of been set aside, then I hope today this will encourage you to really get back into God's Word. Get back into God's Word. And there's several ways. One, you could just read it. I think it's good to read the Bible, from, whether it's from one book at a time or from cover to cover. It's good just to read the Bible. Sit down and read it. Read the letters, the epistles as they were letters written to you. 
Uh, read the Gospels as if you were there and you're witnessing what was taking place. Uh, or just read the Bible. But then also it's good to, to take the time to really study it. Uh, that can help, I think, with our Sunday school classes. Give you outline notes and, and any messages. Write down the portions of scriptures and, and then go back and reread them and study them. And, and then also memorize the Word of God. You know, one of the Psalms David wrote was, I word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. Memorize God's Word. Hide verses in your heart that will encourage you. Uh, a good practice to get into is try to memorize. You could do a verse a day. Or you can even do a verse a week. I know some will do, you know, they try to get a bunch of verses, and then some will just focus on one verse. They see how much they can get out of it, or a couple of verses. Just find a way that you can memorize and hide God's Word in your heart, and that God will use that to be a blessing. You know, uh, one of the ways I'll illustrate this, uh, like computers. Now, you know our technology, we have computers. Uh, And, you know, people talk all the time about computers being smarter than people. Maybe they're right, I don't know. But uh, I do know this. You'll not get something out of a computer if you didn't put it in there. Right? What I mean by that is uh, they have to be programmed. You've got to put the information in. Uh, if you're looking for a picture, maybe that you took a, of your family or your friends, because you want to send it or show someone else, well, if it's still on your phone, if you're on your computer, let's say you're on a computer or desktop or some kind of computer, and you're trying to find the picture, if you haven't put it and sent it over to your computer, you're not going to have access to it. It's still going to be over there. You see, you have to have it there. That's the point I want to make with the Scriptures. Okay, if you're going to draw upon God's Word, it's got to be there. You've got to memorize it. Now, of course, God can give us all the knowledge we want, all He, you know, all the knowledge of the world He wants to, but we find in the in the Bible that we're challenged to hide it in our heart. That's how God works. When we memorize the scriptures, He will work through those in our heart. And that's how God will bless. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.